0: So join us now as we let the Word of God give us foundational tools to develop and maintain a biblical worldview. Hi, this is Sharon Hoskins. And this is Janie Ratzloff. These are times like we have never seen before, the days that we're living in, Janie, and I don't know that we know how to pray. and allow the Holy Spirit to lead us, and how to be guided through these dark, unknown waters. Sharon, I think the first thing that hits my
1: mind when you said that is to go to the chapter in the scriptures that talks to us about how to maneuver in the unknowns of life. Okay. And that's in Romans 8. And one verse that kind of flips up into my mind is Romans eight eleven. Okay. And it says, If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. The spirit of him who raised Jesus Christ from the dead. That's a supernatural work. Yes. That's not something that we're going to be able to do in our own ability or our own agenda or our own understanding. It's going to take trust. But there is a spirit, a real person, Mm -hmm. who completed that work for Jesus Christ and brought him out of the dead. And he gives life to our mortal
0: bodies, that same spirit. Well, and you just said something that resonated with me and the fact that... The spirit is a person, not a cloud with, with just vapor that comes in and dwells in us. And not an it. And, and when we
1: have uncertainty, like a little child getting ready to cross the street, a child wants to be able to put its hand in its daddy's hand or his mama's hand and know that there is that security to go from one point to another with safety.
0: Yeah, and when we're talking about unknowns that we're living in today, we can just merely turn on the weather and catch glimpses of the news that can send us into fear and anxiety because of all the unknowns that we are faced with on a daily basis. So we need to know how to allow the Holy Spirit who dwells in us as born-again believers— To guide us, speak to us, uh, give us the words to pray. I think many times we pray in a way that we are claiming things or commanding things to happen. Sharon, many times when we pray, we are
1: asking for instant response from the Lord, and He doesn't answer us in the way we want and when we don't get immediate response, because we have been trained in our nation to be able to say something and get it. Yeah. Just go to the fast yeah. food line. All yeah, right. That's true. So when he doesn't answer us correctly, according to our thinking, then doubt and fear is where our thinking goes. Okay. And as soon as we have doubts and fears, we need to stop and get very still And realize that somewhere in our thinking, in our choices, we have grieved or quenched the Spirit.
0: Well, as soon as we get doubts and fears, we end up on enemy territory. We've allowed him to build a wall or break the connection to even be able to hear the Holy Spirit. So we're listening to the enemy.
1: Well, let's put a little practical experience of how...
0: We show symptoms when we grieve the Spirit. Okay, that's good. I like I like looking at symptoms because that gives me a way that I can examine myself. All right. Have you
1: recently been angry with someone or some circumstance that you couldn't control? Have you robbed a person of their reputation, stolen from them, Because you have spoken in a way that is not pleasing to the Lord.
0: Oh, okay.
1: Have you actually cursed the circumstances you're in because you think you should be someplace else? And without recognizing it, you're really questioning God because he says he is the God of all circumstance.
0: So it sounds like anger and gossip and murmuring and complaining. And a biggie is getting bitter. Oh, okay. And all of those will lead to bitterness,
1: right? That's right. And then, of course, at the root of everything we're talking about symptomatic is because somewhere... We have chosen to not forgive for the situation that we are in. We're resentful. Somebody should have done something differently. They should have cared more about me. They should have been more sensitive. They should have been blah, 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 blah. And you know what we're all going back to? I don't like what's happening because it's not benefiting me, myself, and I. And when we put me, myself, and I at the forefront, we have grieved the Holy Spirit.
0: And that's probably why our prayers aren't being answered.
1: And Sharon, practically, he can't answer those prayers because then the Holy Spirit would be an agent of promoting our flesh.
0: Oh, so you mean my heart's got to be right before I can get any of my prayers answered? Is that what you're telling me? Bingo. (laughs) Okay. All right. All right. Makes sense.
1: Let's see how else we can offend the Holy Spirit. By our own selfishness of not trusting in what God has already given us and told us in His Word about us being eternal creatures. Okay. And that is, we can also quench the Holy Spirit. Okay. Now, we quench Him. the the word for quench means to extinguish or put out the fire. Okay. So let's say the Holy Spirit is showing us things, and we're listening, and this is really great. And then we think, oh... Now that the Holy Spirit has shown me this, I can take the ball and run with it. He never meant for what he shares with us to create an independent movement in
0: our doing it in our own natural being. So we become independent in what the Holy Spirit shows us, and then pride starts developing. Yes, and in quenching, we're not trusting. If you just want to
1: put it short and sweet... The Holy Spirit cannot abide and go when we are trying to do his work in our own ability and our strength, whether it's to quench or whether it's to grieve.
0: Okay. Okay. So it all comes down to the heart issue. But Sharon, he is so wonderful
1: to give us evidence that he's in control. And the evidence is that your spirit is joyful. Whether things are going your way or Or whether things are not going your way. And that differentiates from happiness. Happiness is I'm happy because the happenings are good. Right. Joy can be a settled state of God. This is perplexing. This is overwhelming. But my spirit is quiet before you. And trusting. And trusting. And it says the joy of the Lord is our strength. So when I can be in circumstances that should be causing anxiety, anger, bitterness, whatever and the spirit is calm and quiet then I know that that is not natural for the flesh. Right. And then the fruit of the spirit is love and it is evidenced by joy, by peace, that quietness in our mm-hmm. spirit, by long suffering and the long suffering has to do with people not situations in this particular word. Okay. And then by kindness, goodness, faithfulness. True love will last forever. Man's love will not. And we want the fruit that is going to last forever, whether we're dealing with brothers and sisters in Christ or whether we're dealing with someone who is being drawn. In other words, Satan is the number one imitator. That can produce evidence that looks real, but if the source is not real, then it's not real. And one of the reasons that the enemy battles us so greatly is that the enemy knows that he's been defeated at the cross. And so if he can disturb our joy in life, then he can keep us imbalanced to where he can then plant thoughts that will cause us to grieve the Holy Spirit. Or he will create situations to cause us not to trust and quench the very thing the Holy Spirit is giving us.
0: Right. Well, I want to read John 6, 63. Jesus says, It is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you are spirit, and they are life. And that is God's quality of living under the power of
1: the Spirit. And Sharon, many times we want Jesus, but we don't want the quality that he provided for us at the cross. We don't want his quality. We want what we would call the comfort quality.
0: Well, Galatians five sixteen says, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. So when we're told to walk in the spirit, we kind of have this idea that if the Holy Spirit lives in me, then I'm naturally walking in the Spirit. And that's not really the case. We can quench the Spirit. We can grieve the Spirit. We can ignore Him. We can get our communication line severed by believing the lies of the enemy and letting fear and doubt come in. So what I hear you saying to me is that the joy of the Lord and the peace that surpasses understanding are some examination tools that we can use. So if I'm not feeling tranquil and peaceful, if I'm not feeling joyful, if there, then there's something severing that communication with the Holy Spirit. Have I grieved Him? Have I quenched Him? And where do I need to repent? And that's why mentoring matters. Mentoring Matters is a listener-supported discipleship program of Sharon Hearts Ministry. Join a community seeking to grow in grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ with resource materials available for the journey at SharonHearts.org. That's S-H-A-R-I-N-Hearts.org.